At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And as always, my partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we go all NFL for the next three hours, taking a look at the week that was the card in week 11 of the NFL season and take a look ahead to week 12. James, happy Sunday night to you, my friend. Sunday night football. Get ready to kick off here pretty soon in Los Angeles where the Chargers are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know the defensive players that are out for Pittsburgh, big names, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Joe Hayden all out on defense for the Steelers, but Ben Roethlisberger and the wide receiver Chase Claypool expected to start in this contest that will kick off shortly at SoFi Stadium. Prior to any of this injury news coming out early in the week, I made the Chargers a four-point favorite. Currently, the consensus number is six and a half. There are some sevens out there in favor of Los Angeles as well. Your consensus total at 47. Did you get involved in this one, my friend? I have not. With all the issues going on leading up to, you mentioned during the week, the COVID situation for both teams. Both teams had some issues, weren't sure what was going to happen with Big Ben. Now he is active. He will be out there, like you said, Brady, tonight. But there were some issues on the other side for the L.A. Chargers as far as COVID was concerned, and a few injuries too. But I think with, with Tillery, he's going to be out there tonight, as well as Bosa will be coming off the edge. He is active tonight. He is off the COVID list. So they're healthy. They're ready to get after it. But prior to that, just had a need to really need 
needed to wait and see. And I think, again, we're learning that. We saw that all of last year, COVID creeping up. Not only with COVID, we're seeing sickness. We're seeing illnesses just pop up on players, keeping them out of games. So, you know, it's. I, I think, again, this really speaks to the fact that there's, I know there's line value. We want to try to get ahead of those things. But for there's also the value of knowing who the availability and who's going to actually be out there competing on the field. So in this case, Throughout the week, this was just a game that I felt like the number was going to sit at. I feel like it's still a little too high here, sitting at six and a half. And you mentioned seven. I'm not finding any sevens right now. Uh, but this is where the it's a big game. Chargers are at home. It's Sunday night football. You are playing a beat up Steelers team. You know they're going to come bring it and they're going to rally together tonight. And and they've got some mental toughness about them. Where's the mental toughness for the Chargers? Are they ready to step into the light as a large favorite here? And can they handle okay, mentally? Can they handle the intensity of the situation and the gravity of the opportunity that they have in front of them tonight? That's what I need to see. So no play for me as of yet. But we've got three hours. We're going to be on it through in game all night. And there's going to be some opportunities that I'll be looking for during the game. Well, it looks like that seven has just disappeared. It was here at our friends at the South Point in Las Vegas, and now they have dipped down back to six and a half, 47 and a half for the total. That's pretty much across the board. That's the number I'm seeing everywhere here in Las Vegas and no longer any sevens here locally. So six and a half, the consensus number across the board. I do show one book with a little bit of juice on the six and a half on the favorite at minus 115, my deeper number analysis came to fit, uh, Pittsburgh favored by two and then also one and a half, but that doesn't take into account, again, the injuries on the Pittsburgh defense. That's just all the stats coming into this game, so I don't know how much you can really play into that. I do think one thing is interesting, James, and we've talked about this on the preview show of the Pro Football Blitz, and that's Justin Herbert and his inability to figure out former defensive coordinators turned head coaches. He is now two and six straight up, one six and one against the spread against former defensive coaches that have turned head coaches in his career. Of course, last week he lost to Mike Zimmer. Zimmer, of course, a defensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bill Belichick, a former defensive coordinator, has really owned Justin Herbert. He did beat Ron Rivera, a former D.C., in game one of the season when they were at Washington. But now we have Mike Tomlin, who was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota before being named the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think there's something to that trend. It just seems like these guys, these former defensive-minded guys, have a way to figure out this quarterback. And the other side, too, when you're thinking about the play calling and is are the Chargers becoming more and more conservative? We talk about Justin Herbert, young young quarterback, second-year quarterback in the league, but new head coaching staff there. And sometimes those guys can – they're under the lights, too. So it's not just the players stepping out on the onto the field to, to, to get out there and execute and perform. The coaches have to, not only through the week of preparation, but more so – under the lights of Sunday Night Football, you're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to have to make decisions, crucial in-game decisions, in-game adjustments, those types of things. Are we seeing that happening as the season has progressed here with this coaching staff from the charge? And I feel like they're feeling a little – starting to dial things back a little bit, and let's rein in Herbert. We're not going to just continue to fire the ball deep and down the field and attack, attack these defenses that we're facing now. The fact that there are so many key players – out for Pittsburgh tonight. That's my pause for concern. That's where I, I would, as far as the, again, the the intensity of the situation playing on Sunday Night Football here, and it's it, I know they're in Los Angeles, but it, it's probably going to feel like three rivers away from home out west because you know there's going to be a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans in the stands for whatever that's worth. So I don't really look at so much of a home field advantage tonight 
for the Chargers. If anything, this might be the night that do they get a little tight, not only the players, but also the coaching staff, Brady. Yeah, I think you make a good point about the Pittsburgh fans traveling. We know that they travel well just about anywhere. I think you're going to have quite a bit of percentage of terrible towels in the stands versus uh, the Los Angeles Lightning Bolts there at SoFi. And uh, just as we uh, talk here and discuss the preview of this game, South Point is back up to minus seven on the Los Angeles Chargers as the favorite in this game. They are the lone seven in the market. You know, this was interesting. Uh, Wes Reynolds and Dave Ross, uh, they just finished up their show. And when they were on their way out, I was talking with them. Uh, Yet another game, James. We have seen this uh, almost 100% of the time in the NFL this year when we have a quarterback or a COVID situation, even with a coaching staff, what have you, and we see a big line move go one way. We saw that with the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks today. The team that has the line go against them has come out victorious, and that happened again really the second time in three weeks for the Arizona Cardinals. We saw it happen when they started Colt McCoy at San Francisco. They won that game outright. They did it again today in Seattle. Seattle got all the way to a five- or six-point favorite in that game, but Arizona wins that one outright. And a similar situation here. If you believe that theory is going to continue, then you would play the Steelers tonight. I think so. And thinking about, again, the – the Steelers side, you know there's plenty of veteran leadership on the team, a veteran coaching staff as well, and they will rally. They're going to come out. They're going to come out and compete and, and have to make up for the fact that I think the biggest loss on that defensive side is going to be the fact that you don't have Watt being able to come off there off the edge because every team, when you're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, that is the first player that you have to scheme for. And whether you're going to have you're, – you're looking for doubles on the edge, whether you're going to have tight ends chip, you're keeping a back on that side, whatever that might be – I just need to see right now how does the flow of the offense go? How do they change knowing that those players are not going to be out there? What does the script look like first? And maybe that's where we know the most teams are going to script their first, whether it's 10, 15, 20 plays or the first drive and kind of adjust from there. What does the script look like for the Chargers early on? Do they decide to throw the football? They typically don't even try to run the football very much with Austin Eckler, and I think he's a terrific all-purpose back. Are they going to come out throwing the football? Can they get on top and get a lead first? I think if they get a lead, they go follow the script and attack that secondary, not having to worry about Watt coming off the edge. And you mentioned the Hayden as well as Fitzpatrick on the back end being out in this matchup. Can you attack them downfield early? Maybe get on top, get a lead based on your pregame script of what you worked on throughout the week. And maybe that's where I'll be looking to get involved because I do. I I favor the Steelers in this matchup. I like the six. If I could find a seven, I'd probably get it. I don't see it at six and a half at even at at minus one. 10 so no play as of yet Brady but I think if they do follow that script and get something on the board early for the Chargers get a better line in game and that's when I'll jump on Pittsburgh we've got about uh, a little over 10 minutes before they kick it off you might end up finding a seven James Circa Sports has just gone to six and a half minus 115 so definitely the action is creeping towards seven and South Point still at seven in favor of the Los Angeles Chargers Uh, let's take a look back and we go in Nevada rotation here the first game On the rotation for Week 11 on the Sunday card was the Detroit Lions visiting the Cleveland Browns. And weather certainly impacted this game. If you played under the total, you made some money today. I believe it was 8-4 and 
to the under on Sunday, and this is certainly one of them. 13 to 10, your final. The Browns got out to a 13 to nothing lead, and it looked like they were going to cover that number. They were 11 and or 11 and a half point favorites in the contest here in town, James. It got all the way to 14 at the close with a total of 42 and a half. And the Lions, they cover the number once again, but now 0-9 and 1 on the season as they fall outright once again. The Browns get it done and move to one game above 500, now 6 and 5 in a very packed house that is the AFC North. Again, 13 to 10 the final and the Browns bounce back after getting whitewashed by the Patriots. You knew with Tim Boyle getting his first start there for Detroit, it was going to be a struggle. It's a struggle for Detroit to put points on the board anyhow, and now you're sticking Boyle into that. Into the quarterback position, 15 out of 23 for 77 yards only. He was throwing it underhand, throwing it with two hands, trying to get it across the line of scrimmage. It was picked off twice, too. Yeah, Cleveland got ahead 13 to nothing, but they didn't consistently run the football. Chubb was back in order. Now they ran the football at the end to really close out the game the last couple drives. That's when the running game really started. It was on Baker Mayfield to have to throw. I loved it because I took his under as a passing yard. I kept looking at it saying, why do they keep having him running these nakeds, running these boots? He was clear. He's clearly injured. They knew he was injured coming into this game. He had, the, he, got, he had a knee bruise. He had a bad foot. We already know about the shoulder issue he's been dealing with from game two early in the season. So many injuries that Baker Mayfield is gutting through right now and their red receiver core is really decimated via injury right now as well. The fact that they just kept running play action and having him throw the football didn't understand really the game plan. Finally, the game, the the running game took over in late in the fourth quarter to to uh, to seal the game for the Cleveland Browns. But we talk a lot about the players and the matchups, also the coaching, and we have to we we try to figure out and think about what the identity of the teams are based on the coaching and what we've seen in the past. I thought it was the running game for the Cleveland Browns, but I guess it's let's let Baker Mayfield limp around and throw in completions. Work for me because his under came in. Lions host the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. Chicago was made a three-point road favorite over the summer. The Browns are in Baltimore for a division tilt with the Ravens. The Ravens were made a a three-and-a-half-point favorite back in June. We'll come back and preview the Monday Nighter next on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. Sunday night football will kick off here shortly, but we want to take a minute to look at the Monday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. And to help us preview this contest, we bring in Ken Dilger. He is a former All-Pro tight end, a Super Bowl champion, played with the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will be hosting the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. Thank you very much for joining us, Ken. Welcome to the program. But before we get into the Monday Night game, I want to ask you for a quick prediction on the Sunday Night Ball game down in Los Angeles. The Chargers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will kick off in about five minutes. How do you think this one's going to play out, Ken? This one's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's a little bit beat up in the secondary. I think J.J. Uh, Watt is out, or T.J. Watt, I'm sorry, and uh, Roethlisberger. Is he going to be healthy? Can he uh, play a full game without practicing all week? So it's going to be some interesting, uh, some battles tonight. Uh, you know, the Chargers have a great passing game. Can they score enough points versus the Steelers' defense? It should be interesting. All right, let's get to the Monday night game. And, of course, the Giants visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's been an interesting matchup, the Giants and the Buccaneers. Daniel Jones got his first-ever NFL win 32-31 in 2019, beating Tampa Bay. Another close game in 2020, 25-23 was the final score there. Here comes round three, and the Giants come in 
off of a nice win, winning outright as an underdog over the Raiders at home. And Tampa Bay, they're on a two-game losing streak. They went into the bye week uh, off of a loss to the New Orleans Saints. They come back and return to action and take it on the chin uh, with the Washington football team losing up there in Washington. So, you know, the way this game sets up, Ken, it looks like a very good spot for Tom Brady and Tampa Bay to bounce back and snap that two-game losing skid. But on the other hand, it looks like a good spot for the New York Giants who come off of a bye week. They're well-rested. They come off of a nice victory over the Raiders. And they're in a role that they typically uh, typically succeed in uh, for the most part over any other type of situation. And that is in the role of an underdog on the road. Yeah, you're right. Tampa Bay has uh, had two really bad losses lately. They really haven't stopped anybody on defense. I know that defense is a little bit beat up right now with uh, the secondaries kind of hurting a little bit. Um, and offense, they're just trying to uh, get something going. They have a lot of wide receivers to throw to and a really good running game. But uh, I think that defense has just been decimated by injuries. You saw that last week trying to go off the field uh, versus a, a, a very average Washington offense, and they just couldn't do it. Ken, you mentioned the defense and the injuries. We know the injuries that are on the secondary, especially at the corner. Also, some injuries up front. Doesn't look like Vita Vea is going to be able to play. Maybe JPP gets back out onto the field. He's been dealing with shoulder issues for most of the year. But thinking about the defense and the struggles that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had on that side of the football, and then what we've seen out of Brady the last couple of weeks. Now, I know there's a few guys, namely Gronkowski is one not being out there, and you as a former tight end, I'm sure that's probably a big piece of why they're not being successful off Offensively so far with Gronkowski being not being out there, but thinking about Tom Brady and the pressure that he puts on himself to be such the competitor that he is and the leader that he is for this team. I'm wondering, what have you seen out of Tom Brady the last couple of games where they've lost games and he's really forced some throws there, made some bad decisions with the football. Do you feel like maybe he's kind of pressing here, knowing that the, on the defensive side, they're really banged up and not able to carry the weight that he's going to have to play, kind of play beyond some of their offensive capabilities with the injuries now to kind of keep up in these games because of the, the injuries that def, the defensive side have with the Bucks. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, I watched the Saints game. I watched the Washington game last week, and I think Brady's trying to press a little bit uh, on the offensive side to score some points because he knows that defense is beat up. Their, their secondary is allowing a lot of passing yards, and, uh, you know, Tom Brady, you know, as good as he is, can't overcome a lot of that stuff. So, I think I think he is pressing. I think the running game has been non-existent the last couple of weeks because of that. You know, Brady's probably at his best when he's uh, ahead and get that running game going because, you know, I, I think he takes what the defense gives him. If there's eight men in the box, he's going to audible to a pass. And if it's a cover two, he's going to check to a run. So, but I think that's best for him is to come uh, to the offense ready to play when, in, uh, when he's got the uh, offense going with the running game and the passing game together. Ken, what about the New York Giants? What is your take on this team? They're just three and six on the year, and I think there's been times when we've seen them look pretty awful. And then, you know, you see that game that they played uh, before they took their bye week when they looked pretty darn good against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Saquon Barkley may suit up for this game. He's still listed as questionable. Uh, they've had a lot of wide receiver injury that has uh, really plagued Daniel Jones in the passing game, but he's really started to come around. What is your overall take on this Giants team? Can they compete with the defending Super Bowl champions? Yeah, the Giants teams have had a lot of injuries as well. You know, Barkley's been uh, hot and cold all season long, coming back from his major offseason injury last year. So, 
Uh, you know, I, I like Daniel Jones as a quarterback. He just doesn't have enough weapons to throw to. I think Shepard's been hurt off and on the last, uh, you know, four or five weeks. And uh, I think their defense has played solid. They've uh, gave Kansas city a, a great game, but uh, two or three weeks ago, and they've been in competitive games a lot. So I think they're getting there. I think they're a lot like the bucks where they need to get some injuries uh, taken care of and those guys back on the field. But I think uh, the giants are just undermanned tomorrow night versus the Buccaneers. Ken, let's think about the bigger picture in the NFC and the defending champions that are the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, look, saw a lot of losses happen in their division today. They move forward into the division without even having to play play this weekend with losses with the Saints and the Panthers as well as the Falcons on Thursday night. But thinking about the, the top-tier teams in the NFC, aside right now from the Arizona Cardinals, and it, I guess it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Cardinals, this team seems to rally and compete almost week in and week out, leading the, leading the, leading the conference with wins right now, but where do you see this playing out right now? You think about the Cowboys didn't play well today. The Packers couldn't get off the field defensively. Like I know we're on the other side of the halfway point and a lot, a lot, long, lot more games to go and a lot of injuries to still get healthy with all these teams. But who do you kind of is? Do you have a favorite right now in your mind in the NFC? Is it Tampa Bay or do you find somebody else right now to to take the lead in the NFC? You know what? That's a tough question. I think the uh, NFC and even the AFC are kind of up for grabs. It's been a crazy season with a lot of injuries uh, across the board. You've had some COVID cases come up, and you've had some teams with some guys with personal reasons who didn't play. So I think it's too early to tell yet. You know, I think I think if Tampa Bay gets healthy on defense, they've got a great shot. Uh, you know, Green Bay lost today. Uh, the Vikings are playing well again. Rams, of course, they're always going to be good. Arizona, they stay healthy, has a lot of talent as well. So I think there's probably four or five teams who can get healthy, stay healthy for the rest of the season, have a shot. Speaking with Ken Dilger, former All-Pro tight end for both the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, previewing the Monday night game. But uh, let's talk about your your first team, Ken, the Indianapolis Colts. What an impressive win they put together today. Seven-point underdogs on the road against the big bad Buffalo Bills, and they just absolutely pounded Buffalo. And it was the running game. That offensive line, uh, my partner James talked about how Quentin Nelson and that crew you know, had really started to gel over the last three or four weeks in that running game. Boy, Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns today. What about this team? Can they make some noise in the AFC, in your opinion? I tell you what, this was their best game of the year. You know, the first uh, four or five games of the season, Colts had a lot of injuries. You know, Wentz and Nelson both had foot surgery about four weeks before the season started. Then Wentz got hurt again with a couple of sprained ankles in the Tennessee game. Nelson sprained an ankle again. Um, you know, their right tackle was out for three or four weeks. And they're finally getting healthy. You saw today that they dominated the, the uh, Buffalo Bills defensive line, and they just ran all over them. Jonathan Taylor, in my mind right now, is the best back in the National Football League. 185 yards, five touchdowns. He just couldn't be stopped. And I think if this team stays healthy, they have a great shot to maybe win the division because Tennessee lost today. Uh, they're hurting now without uh, Derrick Henry. So I think the Colts, even though they struggled early on in the season, have a great shot to uh, come back and make a run at the uh, division title and even a wild card spot. All right, Ken, we've got to let you go, but we can't do it without getting a prediction from you on the Sunday night football game. We're going to give you a fictional $100 to place a bet here. Of course, we're in Las Vegas, so the spread is 6.5 in favor of the Chargers, and the total is 47.5. Where do you want to put your money down? 
If I was a betting man, I would uh, take the points with Pittsburgh. All right, very good. Well, that's the side I kind of favor, as does James. So we'll see if we can root that home, my friend. Thank you for spending a couple <laughs> minutes with us. And uh, best of luck to your Colts and Buccaneers. Maybe they'll meet in the Super Bowl, Ken. That'd be fun team to watch. They play next week, so I'll be sitting there around watching them. All right, that is Ken Dilger. Thanks again. Enjoy Sunday night football and the Monday nighter, Ken. James, uh, yeah, that'd be something. I mean, the way it looks right now, the Indianapolis Colts, they, they played like Super Bowl contenders today, didn't they? Uh, committing to the running game, finding their identity and understanding that, especially as we get later into the season and you're going to have outdoor weather games, you've got to have some semblance of balance and really start to apply that pressure when it comes to the physicality and the nature of football. And we saw that from start to finish today with the Indianapolis Colts. All right. They have kicked off in Los Angeles. We will come back and update the Sunday night football game. The Chargers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are underway. We also play Consider It, Book It, or Drop It, a weekly tradition here on the Pro Football Blitz at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Pro Football Blitz, the Sunday edition. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, keeping an eye on Sunday night football. Ben Roethlisberger and company just inside to Chargers territory, just on the other side of midfield. Second down, and Roethlisberger throws deep, and that is complete. They are now to about the 31-yard line of the Los Angeles Chargers. And the in-game line, James, the Los Angeles Chargers now dip to just a three-and-a-half-point favorite they closed as six-and-a-half-point favorites consensus, but some very interesting late line movement here. There was a lot of books that fell at six. We opened the show, and we were talking about it going to seven. A lot of books went all the way down to six, but again, the majority number at six-and-a-half in favor of the Chargers, 47-and-a-half for your total. Pittsburgh now with a first and 10 at the Los Angeles 31, and again, they have now dipped to just three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The total remains the same at 47-and-a-half, and again, this is the very first possession of the game so the Chargers will get the ball for the second half kickoff. Let's play the game, America's favorite game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. All right, you know the program here. I will reel off a player's stat sheet. James will try and guess who the mystery player is, and then we will discuss those players' odds to win a particular postseason award and decide if we want to consider it, book it, or drop it. And today's category is Offensive Rookie of the Year, James, and I will start with player number one. After today's victory, this player has 664 yards receiving with 46 catches. He also has four touchdown receptions. He was a top 10 draft pick, and he joins one of his former college teammates as their, as their chemistry continues to grow. Uh, they reside in the NFC East. I will let you know that. And before kickoff today, this player's odds to win Offensive Player of the Year were 35-1. to 35 to 1, huh? Devontae Smith with the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, the Heisman Trophy right. winner. Right, and and thinking about, well, I, I here's the piece, is they don't throw the football in Philadelphia anymore. They did the first six weeks and really got it handed to them, and Jalen Hurst got tagged and really became a runner because it was one read, tuck it, and run. 
Now this team runs the football. They've done it consistently the last four weeks and hammered New Orleans running the football today. I think they had a total of 50 rushes did the Philadelphia Eagles today. So it, is Devontae Smith going to have the opportunity? Yeah, he's, they're starting to have a pairsome, but I, I don't know if they're going to have the opportunity because I think now Philadelphia is finding the fact that, yeah, we can run the football. We do have a pretty solid offensive line. It's the best unit that we have on this team is our O-line. Let's get back there and run the football consistently. That's how we're running football games. So, Devontae Smith, that's nice. You got back and hooked up with your, your former teammate there at Alabama, but – I don't think I could consider it because I just don't think with the way that the offense is going right now for Philadelphia, it's within their now the the structure of their offense and their identity is running the football. So passing the football is secondary for sure right now with Philadelphia Eagles. Well, he kind of already defied the odds winning the Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver. So it would yeah. be uh, two times uh, defying the odds. You know, if he was to win it as a wide receiver, you'd think in the NFL as well. And I think you make a good point there. They certainly have started to focus on running the ball. Ran for well over 200 yards rushing against the New Orleans Saints, the best rushing defense in the NFL today. I think Devonta Smith is a great piece for this offense. He's really become a nice option for Jalen Hurts, but I agree with you. I, I don't think he ascends to the focal point to the such where he's going to win a postseason award, so I'd probably drop this one at this point. Player number two, I'll tell you he's in action right now, James. Uh, before this game, he had rushed for 646 yards on 176 attempts. He has also scored four touchdowns, fighting for a playoff spot he was drafted to fix the run game for this team that has been missing for quite a few years. Right before kickoff, his odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year were at 10-1. to 1. Who is this young man? Well, it's got to be, obviously, if they're in action right now, it'd be Najee Harris to fix the run game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's done that really the last four or five weeks where, again, the Steelers had to find their identity, completely revamped, all new offensive line, very young and inexperienced offensive line for Pittsburgh coming into this season. And it was going to take some time for not only that offensive line to get used to each other, also get used to playing in the National Football League. A lot of young players on that front, on that front for Pittsburgh. And then Najee Harris fighting himself and finding his way. And we've seen that the last few weeks. If Pulling up here now, he's been getting the last five games, he's gotten over 20-plus carries per game. So the commitment to running the football here, I just think – because really, maybe the lack of the uh, explosiveness out of the Pittsburgh passing game and Big Ben just not being able to push the ball down the field with the consistency, being accurate with the ball with his velocity, and maybe that's where teams will start to stack the box. I think that what we saw on this very first drive here, Brady, really stacked the box, and Ben was trying to get over the top of those linebackers, a lot of, a lot of crossing routes to move the ball down the field this opening drive. Uh, but I think Najee Harris, I think you could consider it still a long way to go in the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, I think we can consider it just based on what we've seen over the course of the last four or five games for Pittsburgh committing to the run and Najee Harris being the focal point of that. I agree with you. I would consider it as well. The number is a little short for my liking right now at 10 to 1. But uh, if Pittsburgh keeps going like they have been as of late, of course, they stalled last week with a tie to the Detroit Lions, but they had won four games in a row prior to that. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But I would consider it because obviously Najee Harris is a huge part of that offense and could really make a splash here down the stretch of the season. Pittsburgh, by the way, adds a field goal there as the drive stalls. Three to nothing, they take the early lead. The Chargers will come back and get their first opportunity on offense with about eight and a half minutes left to go in the first quarter. Pittsburgh now a four and a half point underdog in the live market. Your total ticks down to 46 and a half. 
All right, player number three, James, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Again, the award we're looking at after a convincing win today. This player has a total of 47 receptions with 867 yards. He also has eight touchdowns on the year and got one of those today, uh, building an unstoppable chemistry. Again, with a former college teammate, his quarterback, he has shown the league that even in his first year, he is an immediate threat down the field. Right before kickoff today, his odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year were very low, plus 125 on this outstanding wideout. No, I'll pass. We're talking about Cincinnati. We're talking about Jamar Chase, I'm assuming, right? Yes, sir. Jamar J- Chase. Yeah. He's been tremendous. Yeah, well, and you, and you say convincing win today, and I, I guess on the scoreboard it was convincing, but it, it didn't feel like it. it. It was really, especially the first half, that was a pretty ugly game on both sides, of the, both sides of the ball, both teams and both sides of the football, in particular the offensive side of the football. And, and for Cincinnati, it was really the running game that got going late with Joe Mixon finally committing to, to pounding the football and taking some pressure off of Joe Burrow because they continued to have him drop back, and he got tagged a lot in that, in that first half. And, yeah, I know Jamar Chase is a great talent, but let's look at the rest of this, this schedule coming up for the Cincinnati Bengals. Was not impressed with their passing game down the field today. They've got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. They do get the Chargers. Not a great defense here. We've seen San Francisco improve. Denver's got a great secondary. They're going to play Baltimore, Kansas City, and Cleveland. That's a pretty killer schedule right there for Cincinnati. You mentioned the short price. Way too short for me. I'm not going to – I don't even think I'll consider it. I'd just drop it. I think I'm with you, and it's not because of his talent or what he's done so far this season. It's just the price. I mean, I think I would probably look at Najee Harris at 10 to 1 more so than I would look at Jamar Chase. You never know about injury, what have you. And I agree with you. You know, Cincinnati started out the season looking really good. Now is a very good win for them today. But what happens the rest of the way? And I'd hate to be invested in such a short price there on Jamar Chase. All right, player number four here. This team is currently on a five-game win streak. This player has thrown for over 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns against just eight interceptions. He also has a QBR of just under 50. Now, most uh, will say he was a steal in the draft, being drafted by the New England Patriots at number 15. His odds right before kickoff today to win Offensive Player of the Year, or Offensive Rookie of the Year, rather, we're even money plus 100. I think he wins it. I think Matt, we're talking Mac Jones for the AFC East division leading New England Patriots. I think he wins it. I think he's found the right spot. It's a great landing spot. You talk about culture and identity. We know what that is with the New England Patriots. And then Coach McDaniel's offensive coordinator there for the Patriots. Finding game plans, playing to his strengths. You're not going to have to go win the game. Let's just make the plays, move the sticks, and, and continue to compete. Now, the number's not worth it for me. I'm not going to play it. I think he wins it, but I'm not going to play it. There's no there's no value in it. You're talking about even money for a, a rookie of the year here. But as far as the best rookie that we've seen all season long, regardless of whether I'm going to bet that or not, which I'm not, but best rookie so far and a great landing spot, very convenient for Mac Jones, uh, I'd like him to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I think I'm exactly with you, James. The price is not there at even money. I mean, obviously, if you had him a long time ago and got a juicy number on him, that would be a great position to be in. But you look at he plays quarterback. So he plays the most likely position to win the award. He also plays for a very high profile uh, profile team that's been on quite a roll in the New England Patriots. You mentioned they ascend to first place in the AFC East with that Buffalo loss today. Um, absolutely, he deserves to be the favorite right now, but I don't know if I could bet it. If I was going to bet anything, maybe I'd take a shot at Najee, but I think uh, Mac Jones is really uh, far and away the favorite right now and probably wouldn't get involved 
in this market. We have a new prop tracker now available at vsin.com to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement on each week to follow the trends and the best values. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game right now at vsin.com slash NFL. We'll be back with more of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Black Friday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up. It's a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz. Sunday night football between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chargers, James, currently on an 11-play drive, about to run their 12th play of the drive that has taken nearly six minutes off the clock. Justin Herbert throws a fade pattern there to Mike Williams that is incomplete. There is a flag on the play, likely a first and goal situation coming up here for the Los Angeles Chargers. The live line has been taken off the board. Just two minutes left in the first quarter. The Chargers are knocking on the door. The Steelers currently with a 3-0 lead. Throwing the football to the bigs, right? They've got big receivers. They've got Mike Williams. He's three three catches, 41 yards already. Keenan Allen, another pretty hefty receiver, as well as two tight ends, Jared Cook and Donald Parham. This is like a basketball team. They just can outsize you when you're talking about DBs on the other side. Usually those guys are six feet, roughly six feet or less, so taking advantage of the size, and then again, what was the script going to look like for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers coming into this game, knowing that not only with not having to deal with Watt coming off the edge as far as the pass rush was concerned that you always have to be mindful of and can't leave anybody one-on-one against T.J. Watt, but then the secondary having some issues back there with, with COVID and injuries as well. So what was that going to look like for the Chargers? Exactly what it is. They're throwing the ball, a lot of crossers, looking for those bigs. So down knocking on the goal line are the, San, are the Los Angeles Chargers, Brady <laughs> Ray, to take the lead. Uh, flag on the play there, a false start on Los Angeles. They'll start with first and goal again as they back up five yards. Uh, let's look at uh, the card that was earlier today, and we go back to Jacksonville, Florida, where the Jacksonville Jaguars played host to the San Francisco 49ers. Never really saw this number get to seven. I thought we might, uh, and if it was there, it wasn't there too long. This game did close six and a half in favor of the road team, San Francisco 49ers, 45 and a half for your total. And, you know, there was some speculation on my part, James, that uh, Jacksonville was going to be able to hang in this game. We've seen them improving on defense as of late. Of course, they won against the Buffalo Bills just a couple weeks ago. And I thought maybe it would be a little bit overreactionary to San Francisco off of that big win on Monday night over the Los Angeles Rams, probably played their best game of the entire season. But I tell you what, they picked up right where they left off. They looked pretty darn good today. Now, again, Different team in Jacksonville versus the Los Angeles Rams, but we talked about how Jacksonville had been improving. The pass rush was really starting to get after the quarterback. Jimmy uh, Garoppolo was only sacked twice today, threw a couple of touchdown passes, and you hit your prop bet. You know, you and I both like that under 251 yards passing. He only threw for 176, but he was very efficient, 16 of 22, and the Niners win this one 30 to 10. Really never had any problem in this game. 
And thinking about the passing game for the San Francisco 49ers, that's not who they are. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo, let's drop you back 35, 40-plus times a game and throw it all over throw it all over the field. That's not who we are. Our identity is we are going to run the football, and regardless of who's even available to run, we know they've had a lot of injuries at the running back position. Elijah Mitchell not available today with his finger in, with his, I think it was a broken finger that he suffered on Monday night football when they pounded the Rams running the ball. This is who they are. This is who they want to be, and this is what they're establishing. Even Debo Samuel running the football. He had eight carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Plug and play. Let's get after it based on our scheme and the way that we can – our physicality up front and the fact that I think Kittle back. I know we, you think about the offensive line and, and the push that they get up front and then the scheme and the zone blocking scheme and some of the power that they run as well. But I think Kittle is such a big – he's terrific tight end receiving the football, but he is such a great blocking tight end, so physical at the point of attack and flourishes and relishes running the football. I think that's a common theme throughout a lot of these games today, Brady. The teams that commit to running the football and have more power, more physicality, are the ones that dominate the game. And I think on the other side for Jacksonville, offensively it's just the challenge, and they just can't sustain drives, keep their defense on the sideline. Defense had played very well the last couple of weeks, but today just couldn't get off the field. And I think they just start to wear down over the course of it. You look at the play. I don't really look so much at time of possession, although San Francisco totally dominated time of possession, 38 to 21, basically, as far as minutes were concerned. But it's the plays because that's what you have to exert the effort and especially what type of plays are you having to combat when you're that defense. And with San Francisco running the football the way that they do, 66 offensive plays for San Francisco, just 44 for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they can't move the sticks. They're having to go three and out, and that just leans to pound the football again. 42 rushes for the San Francisco 49ers versus just 22 passes. That's why I like the prop bet to go under with Jimmy Garoppolo passing yards just because the attempts were not going to be there. It's exactly what happened today. San Francisco finding its groove running the football once again. The Jacksonville Jaguars drop to 2-8. and eight. San Francisco gets to 500 on the year, now at 5-5. Five and five. The Niners will return home to face the Vikings next Sunday. San Francisco was originally an 11-point favorite in that game. I can't imagine that number is going to be that high, but that is indeed a very interesting game. Jacksonville will stay at home and host the Atlanta Falcons. This game was made a pick em over the summer, and it's probably about where it should be this week. I mean, who do you make a favorite between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons? But more on that Vikings-San Francisco game coming up next week in Week 12, James. The Vikings played a heck of a football game. I, I think that was the best game to watch today was the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, and it really lived up to expectations. We thought that would be a great AFC North battle. The Vikings come out on top, and we'll dive deeper into that game later on in the program. But coming up in Week 12, San Francisco now playing well, stringing together two wins in a row, as have the Vikings. They beat the Chargers last week in Los Angeles. They return home and beat the Vikings today. These teams seem very similar. They're they're probably not going to win the division, but they're definitely going to contend for a playoff spot. And thinking about the Vikings too. Now, they do have the they they have much more they're much more polished in the passing game. Think about the receivers and and for the Minnesota Vikings today that he's been coming out each and every week. But Jefferson is tremendous, and Thielen's great and great possession receiver, runs great routes, great hands. But the spectacular play, the big splash player, the one that you have to game plan for is Justin Jefferson as the receiver, just the big target and a great route runner. 
Uh, but then they also will commit to running the football. You are going to get you you are going to see a healthy dose of Cook pounding the football at you and having not only the balance and I don't care about how what the yardage is or what that says. Just the fact that even just getting your offensive linemen that off their heels so they're not constantly on their heels, having to drop back and pass block and having to be finesse players. These guys want to get out there and put some. They want to pancake some folks and put some guys in the dirt and. Minnesota will commit to running the football too. So, and we know as the season progresses in Minnesota, they play in the dome, but you're going to play a lot of games in December and January outdoors. It sure helps to have a strong running game. So with Minnesota finding its groove, both throwing the football and running the football right now, this and very well coached team, you know, they're going to be attention to detail when you're talking about Zim. Uh, this is going to be, they've had some really tough losses, really heartbreaking losses that really could have, I think for the Minnesota Vikings kind of put their season on the skids but great coaching job by Zim to keep this team together. Some great leadership in that locker room to keep their focus, keep that mental toughness, lot and let those tough losses get to them. Still coming out and competing every week in a great game, especially if you liked offense. You're talking about the Packers and the Vikings. You had plenty of that today. Might not see as much uh, next week in Santa Clara when they take on the Niners. I think that ought to be a very physical game where both teams are trying to establish the run. We'll see if Elijah Mitchell is back for San Francisco. But I'm looking forward to that one and diving into that handicap because I think that'll be a very interesting game to look at next week. The Minnesota Vikings and San Francisco 49ers, a very big game for each team going forward. The Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. This one closed Bills minus seven with a total of 49 and a half. We saw this number flip around between six and a half and seven and a half and finally settled in at seven with a little bit of juice. And boy, it didn't matter. It was all Colts all day long. And James, you know, we we talked about this at length on the preview edition of the Pro Football Blitz, and you really nailed it. You talked about the offensive line, how they were starting to gel. Jonathan Taylor really emerging as the best running back in the NFL, and he did it again today to the tune of five touchdowns for Mr. Taylor. 41-15, to 15, your final for the Colts. Here's the Buffalo Bills team. Again, they, what are you asking your offensive line to do? And we and we talked about the offensive line issues that were going in with the Bills, with their guard position. The tackle position was hurt too. Uh, but it, it's a very finesse offense. It, they don't commit to running the football. Their offensive line is constantly on their heels, heels having to play in pass protection. And a lot of times being left alone because there's a lot of empty sets we see out of the Buffalo Bills. And teams are getting up there. They're playing press coverage. They're being physical with those smaller receivers is what the Buffalo Bills have out there. And, and start to get home on Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen starting to force the ball. Has not looked good the last few weeks with his decision making and ultimately on the other side with the uh, Indianapolis Colts did exactly what they wanted to do. We're going to be tougher than you for 60 minutes at the point of attack. We're going to bully you on your own field and we're going to push you around and that's exactly what that Colts offensive line did and Jonathan Taylor a monster game pounding the football. Very impressive win for the Indianapolis Colts and head coach Frank Reich going into Buffalo and getting it done. The Pittsburgh Steelers are trailing 7-3. They have just converted a first down as the first quarter comes to a close in Los Angeles. In the live market, they remain 7.5-point underdogs. Your total, right where it started, 47.5. We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.